This is Art Therapy. Just a few humble discussions on art and the creative process. Its challenges, its rewards, and how it emerges in everybody. Whether you're whizzing around at 2 in the morning with ideas or racking your brains on a boring afternoon for just one stroke of inspiration. Here, we talk about it all. Hi, welcome back. Certainly glad you could join us today because today we're going to have just a fantastic time. Let's start out and have him run all the colors across the screen that you need to paint along with us. Now, we've got Prussian blue on the brush. I'll just sort of rub a little of that right here on the canvas. And I know you can't see anything. As you know, we wash our brushes with odorless paint thinner. Just scrub them off, give it a good shake. <laughs> and cover the entire studio. That's really the fun part of it. I think in one of the earlier shows I mentioned, we don't, we don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents. You can do it. You can do it. Okay, back into our yellows, Indian, yellow ochre, cadmium yellow. Okay. Go back and get some dark. Hello, Mr. Ross. Black and blue step. and sorry, oh, yeah, great. Keep on doing what. Yeah, do okay. Right Excuse me. Sorry. Hi, Ted here. Art therapy podcast. Red and green. I love Bob Ross as much as the next artist. I think we all wish we could make those gorgeous landscapes with the speed of wet on wet oil painting. Not to mention his endlessly calm demeanor, no matter what situation. His concept of mistakes are different from most people. You can turn a happy accident into a wonderful improvisation that might improve the work, which is where the happy part comes in. I'm sure we all wish we could take on that perspective with our work, right? But uh, when you're editing a 20-minute film and 10 of those 20 minutes get lost because you saved the last 10 minutes over the first 10 minutes, losing roughly, I don't know, 7 to 8 hours of work, it doesn't feel like a happy accident. Bob Ross avoided the word mistake because it holds negative connotations. Mistake means that you did something wrong. Accident means something wrong happened to you unexpectedly. Excluding the happy part, it doesn't change the situation, it only shifts the blame. By calling it a happy accident, it gives you a good attitude and approach to the same situation. But I'm here to give you a different approach to the same quote. Here it is. We all make mistakes. And that's okay. Not as catchy or motivational, but it's true. You can avoid the fact that you make a mistake, or you can embrace the mistake as a learning experience. You can't learn without mistakes. It would be like exercising without getting sore muscles or not missing a single note the first time you play something. It, it just doesn't happen. Failure is more important than success because if you win your entire life, the first time you fail will crush you. Since we usually begin our lives losing at everything and work towards success, we build a towering structure of skill with a foundation of failures, cuts, and bruises. You might be impressed by Bob Ross's effortless painting skills, but we never saw his first 10,000 hours of happy accidents that led him to making remarkable art. Only the end product. I mean, we were all noobs at some point. Whether you call it a happy accident or, say, an educational mistake, the idea is the same. Implementing the error into your art and improving upon it, whether that involves improvisation or correcting future projects. Fortunately, the subjective nature of art doesn't always classify something as a mistake. In the book The Art of the Mistake by Melanie Rothschild, who I mentioned in the last podcast, she described a kid in art class in school who made a mistake and got points off on her project. 
turns out the mistake was a frog that she painted on her illustration. It was pink. And in elementary school art class, frogs are supposed to be green. That sounds silly, right? What a lame way to get points off in an art project, but that happens to us a lot. I remember being in art class as a kid and we were drawing eyes with reflections in them and they had to be drawn a certain way so the reflection bends with the eye, which makes sense and that was pretty cool. But I got points off because the whole iris was invisible. The teacher's reference photos, which were all meant to copy, showed an eye with a full iris completely visible, which if you've ever seen an eye before, it's inaccurate because usually the top of our eyelid covers some of the perfect circle up, which I tried to illustrate. I don't remember my grade, but I'm pretty sure I failed the assignment because I wanted to draw an accurate eye. The teacher originally taught second grade art and the school was convinced that she could teach freshmen in high school. She had the second grade ideology of, here's the template, try to make this. The less inaccurate to the photos that we've shown, the lower the points. Looking at the same-ish art piece a few hundred times and observing the mistakes might work for second graders, but not when you're old enough to create your own ideas and branch out a bit. It was kind of an infuriating, stifling of creativity. And it's what causes normal kids in school to hate art class because they don't think they have talent because they're comparing their work to the template and not to their own imaginations. That teacher was insane. My parents took me to a painting class over the summer, keyword summer, outside of school. He was a crazy good watercolor painter and taught me most of what I, uh, forgot. <laughs> but one thing stuck in my head. We were painting watercolor landscapes and I, perhaps out of the frustration of the orthodoxy of required art class, painted a shore with a lighthouse the rocks were purple, the sky was red, and the lighthouse emitted an eerie green light. Screw color theory. The watercolor teacher came over and, and looked at it, and after a moment he just shrugged and he said, maybe today is a purple, green, and red day. Mistakes in art are not the same as mistakes everywhere else. In the real world, saying that frogs are pink is wrong. But what we make isn't the real world, because between the real world and our art is a huge brain with 10,000 filters, modifiers, and stimulants that distort the world into our reality. That's what Bob Ross means when he says that this is your world. But yeah, don't get me wrong, artists still definitely make mistakes, and we're fairly good at it. It could be as small as an incorrect brushstroke or burning a bridge to an important contact that might have helped you in your career. Sometimes artists are so afraid of making these mistakes, they won't attempt the project altogether. Have you ever heard of the fixed versus growth mindsets? Nope, all right. Okay, pull up a chair, come on, let's go. <clears throat> so, when you're learning typically at a young age, you can either develop a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. Fixed means the end result is the most important. So, in other words, perfectionism. Fixers will want to praise about a flawless project to affirm their intelligence, and will prefer not to tackle harder challenges with the fear of messing up and ruining that perfect A+. The growth mindset is based on, well, growth. Rather than the result being the most important, the process is more satisfying. Growthers enjoy the challenge of a difficult task, and by itching their brain to the limit, they're bound to make mistakes and they're interested in learning from those errors and shortcomings to improve, to grow. I would say that there isn't a right or wrong here, but honestly, I'm, I'm not seeing any pros to the fixed mindset. Carol Dweck, the author of Mindset, New Psychology of Success, draws a dichotomy in the sand of these two mindsets and clearly defines the better of the two. 
a fixed mindset tends to avoid challenges because success is not guaranteed, give up in the face of obstacles, shy away from effort because your brain will think hard means you ain't smart, recoil away from criticism and envy the success of others. Paints a beautiful picture, doesn't it? A growth mindset embraces challenges, fights through obstacles, quote, sees effort as a path to mastery, unquote, accepts criticism to build and learn from people's success stories. It's about the journey, not the destination. And that's why it's incredibly important to be careful on how you praise young people with their learning. Rather than directly praising their results, it's important that you ask, wow, how did you do this? And get them talking about their process and what they learned from it. Now, you can call those fixed mindset perfectionists egotistical and grouchy on a futile quest to affirm their intelligence, but that wouldn't be very fair. Because we're all a little bit perfectionist. Come on, you've never crumpled up a drawing because you messed up the anatomy of a weird dragon creature you were drawing? Or stopped writing a story after you ran out of steam? We don't like messing up. Mistakes hurt us. They're painful because you did something to impede your progress, and crush your craft that could have been avoided had you simply planned better or rewound time and prevented it from happening. Uh, seriously, if we could rewind time like Max Caulfield from Life is Strange or that obscure villain from Batman that isn't even worth mentioning so I should probably delete the sentence, perfectionism would ruin our lives. We would be changing everything. 10 seconds would pass and you'd be on the 25th rewind trying to figure out the best way to order coffee. Maybe it's for the best that time travel doesn't exist. Time is one of the few resources that you have, but can never replace. So, if you spend all that time messing up and making mistakes, building a foundation of pretty good stuff, that will kick the crap out of making one perfect thing and being afraid to make more to mess up that golden standard. To err is human. So, right now I'd probably say something encouraging to help you be successful, but no. No, today I want you to mess something up. Just, just fail at something catastrophically. Or maybe just a little bit if you don't want to mess something up big. Or just pay attention to your mistakes and not be afraid to make them. Because they can teach you more than success can most of the time. And that's all I got. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, to cite my sources and further reading, I'd recommend The Art of a Mistake by Melania Rothschild and Mindset, The Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. Good stuff. The first book isn't just uh, philosophies on art, they also have interesting painting techniques that embrace this idea of learning from your mistakes. There's a lot of good nuggets of information. Now that the summer's winding down, uh, I might as well say this, I officially released this podcast at the beginning of the summer, but uh, I've been planning this for a really long time, for the past year or so. So I'm glad it's finally starting to uh, get momentum. And new listeners, thank you very much. There's definitely a lot more stuff to come. It's going to be crazy busy when I get back to school, but hopefully I'll have as much as possible. And uh, I'll be around a lot more people to do some crazy art talks and things like that. Uh, okay, the outro is interrupting me. Okay, that's good. That's fine. Just, uh, uh, thank you very much.